0: Alright, y'all like a good spin-off? I'm going to spin-off of our last uh, our last sermon, last uh, series that we went through. We were talking about uh, Christ as the source of things. Uh, and uh, we concluded talking about Christ as the life um, and uh, and what that includes. We're going to actually uh, branch off of that, uh, pun intended, uh, and we're going to be talking about uh, this this series is going to be talking about um, uh, different things that have to do with life. Um, four, four ways that Christ, uh, you know, four titles, four names that are given to Christ that have to do with life. And uh, we're going to turn to Zechariah uh, chapter 3 verse 8 is, is where we're going to begin uh, as, a, as our text. And, and, and this might be some complicated imagery that we're going to go through here. Uh, but um, he says, Hear now, O Joshua the high priest, you and your friends who sit before you, uh, they are men who are assigned. Bef- uh, behold, I will bring my servant, the branch. Now, uh, we're going to, to be talking about what... what What in the world? They just ripped a verse out of of, of its context. Uh, No, I didn't. Uh, We're going to go through the context and and understand uh, the the background events behind this statement. But we have this this statement that Jesus is a branch. And that's kind of a weird statement. What does he mean uh, by all that? And uh, it is a complicated imagery. Um, uh, In fact, it's so complicated that not everyone who talks about Christ as the branch and and some of these things can even agree. Uh, So so we're going to to try to delve into the the history of this and and, and, and the imagery of Christ as the branch. So so why don't we do that? We're going to look at Christ as our branch. Now we need to go, as I say, we need to go a little bit behind the scenes and understand the event, of what's going on uh, with Zechariah. Uh, so, So um, behind the scenes we're going to read a, a longer passage here and this goes um, this is a little bit later in the book of Zechariah but it's explaining some of the events. He says, Take from them silver and gold and make a crown. Set it on the head of Joshua who is the son of Jehoshadak the high priest and say to him Thus says the Lord of hosts Behold the man whose name is the branch for he shall branch out from his place and he shall build the temple of the Lord. It is he who will build the temple of the Lord and bear royal honor. He will sit and rule on his throne, and there shall be a priest on his throne, and the council of peace shall be between them. So so the event is this, the, the, the fall of Babylon. Right? Remember that they were slaves in Babylon, and they'd just been conquered by the Medes and the Persians, uh, as a joint empire, I guess. And uh, So in 538 BC, Cyrus, who is this king, he, he gives them permission to return and to rebuild Jerusalem, to start rebuilding the temple and everything like that. And, and we remember the story of the Zerubbabel uh, goes back and and he rebuilds the foundations. And we remember that, the story about how the, the first people come back and, and the, the old men that remembered the first one, they cried because this thing was it was just not the first one and and, and so they, they set up an altar the first thing they did was they set up an altar and rebuilt the foundations that that's as far as we get by this point where we're we're uh, looking at today so uh, a little bit later um, in 520 so it's about eighteen years later uh, Darius um, commissions them to uh, continue now there had been some opposition and Ezra and, and uh, some of these books and Nehemiah go through all this opposition that they were, and this person would, and the, the, the construction would stop, and, and it would start again and stop again. And we're in this period where this is all going on. And Darius says, "No, I want you to start rebuilding uh, the actual temple. It was just foundations, and, and and he says you need to rebuild the temple. And so he gives them money and uh, to do that. And that's what this this is about. This event is about." And so the purpose of this passage, when we when we come to this point, he says, "Here's this branch, and he's going to rebuild the temple." And our first um, our first uh, inclination is to look and say, "Well, this is talking about the rebuilding of this actual physical temple." And there's a problem when we when we get to this when we get to this point, um, is because, uh, well, some people say, "Well, this is obviously then talking about." Uh, one of several people. Uh, and, and, and so these are, here are the, the maybe Zerubbabel or it's, it's Joshua. Who is he referring to? Because Zerubbabel started the rebuilding of the temple. And, uh, or, or is it talking about Joshua? Joshua's the, the high priest, and it says here they put a crown on Joshua, who, he's this, the high priest, uh, and, and he's going to be the new high priest after his, his father Jehoshaphat. And, and it says, Behold the branch. Now this guy's got the crown, it says, behold the branch, right? Uh, it's obviously talking about Joshua. He's going to rebuild the temple, and he's going to sit on a throne. Well, we have a problem here. Well, why couldn't Joshua sit on a throne? Anybody? Why couldn't Joshua sit on the throne? He's a high priest. High priest came from the tribe of Levi. Levi. They did not come from the tribe of Judah, so so Joshua cannot sit on the throne, and so so now Zerubbabel Zerubbabel could sit on the throne because Zerubbabel was the descendant of David, right? Uh, and, and and but he couldn't be a high priest. So so we have all these conflicts, and so it's like, what is this talking about? This is kind of difficult. Well, we're going to to look at this. So John uh, Joshua. Uh, excuse me, John chapter 2, verse 17 through 21. He says, uh, he, his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. And this is after he, he cleansed the temple. And the Jews said to him, what sign do you show us for doing these things? He, Jesus answered, he said, destroy this temple and in three days I will build it up. The Jews said, "You are just. it's taken 46 years. Now, they were not even talking about the one that, that Zerubbabel built. This is now, um, this is Herod's temple. It took 46 years to build this temple. You're going you're gonna to raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of the body. And so Joshua here, it's kind of interesting, Joshua is a fulfillment, or is a type, excuse me, of, of, of Jesus who is going to come. And, and, and while... Yes, there are some elements from Zerubbabel and, and what Joshua, the high priest, did that are symbolic. Uh, and, and in some ways, for, you know, they apply to, to this statement here in Zechariah. They could not completely fulfill uh, this, this statement. It's a, a clear reference to Christ. Interestingly enough, Joshua is the name Yeshua. Right? Uh, it's the same name as Jesus so, so there's e- even this, this sort of hinting at Christ uh, that, that, that we see in this passage uh, Christ is the fulfillment of this of course we know that uh, Well, let's uh, turn to Isaiah 11 because uh, 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 Isaiah 11 shows us that this has to obviously be Christ he says then it shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, and the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see, or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with the righteous but with righteousness he shall judge the poor, and decide with equity for the meek of the earth, and he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and the breath of his lips and he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness will be the belt of his loins. And and we recognize almost virtually every phrase in here is repeated or alluded to in the New Testament in reference to Christ. Isaiah is quite clear that that the branch was not going to be Joshua or Zerubbabel. It is as clear that this is Christ that he's speaking of. Um, So... The imagery, as we said, might have had some reference. Now, that's the, the, the neat thing about some of the prophecies that were given in the Old Testament. Is they, they seem to apply at the moment, but but the, the fullness of it comes in in Christ's. Those were just, just barely fulfillments. They, were, they weren't really, in all the details, it wasn't the depth of what I am going to show you in, in terms of fulfilling this passage. That's not really what it was about throughout the whole Old Testament, Christ says, It was about me. The whole thing was about me. Zechariah had already given the title uh, to Joshua of the branch. So was it about Joshua? No. He got to wear it for a little while, much like David got to wear the title king for a little while. But Christ is going to be the ultimate king See, Joshua couldn't claim, as we said, to come from Jesse. He came from Levi. There's only one solution, and that is that Christ fulfilled both sides. Christ was a man who rebuilt the temple, as we read. He rebuilt the temple of his body that was destroyed by by the Romans in crucifixion. He was a descendant of David, he was a branch of David in that regard but he was also a priest and we've talked about those um, several months ago we went through those, those titles, uh, I think in, in April we went through those Christ is priest and king and the rebuilder of his temple so with that we want to go beyond understanding simply the, the history That's interesting history if you like typology that, that that might be very interesting to you, but we want to go before, be beyond that and, and be, before we, we we quit this sermon, we want it to to mean something as we walk out the door. What relationship? well, how does knowing Christ as the branch and understanding this title what does it mean for me in, in terms of application what What application can I gain from this? How can I know Christ? On a deeper level, because of this title, because as we've said, every title that that Christ was given was given for a reason. It was given for us to understand Him in some meaningful way. Some some way for us to relate to Him. To be closer to Him. That's the purpose of these... This is like a, a purpose of a job. A purpose of a job is not just so so people can uh, can have something to do. I lived in, in Ukraine and uh always wondered why they wouldn't uh, build good roads over there. Why don't they build good roads? Well, one of the reasons why is because, well, for one, it's more expensive to build a good road. They're very short-sighted in, in some of the ways they, they do things over there. But, but another thing is that they wanted to have jobs for people. So, so they knew that if they built poor roads every year they've got to fix those roads. And so that gives people something to do. And it's an old Soviet thing. That even though they're not a Soviet country anymore, they still kind of have that mentality. They still have these structures in their, in their society. But that's not why we have jobs. We have jobs to actually accomplish things. We'd see people, I'd look out my window, and there'd be a pile of, of pipes or a pile of something, and they would move it over here, and the next day they'd move it back over here. It's like, why? why? What is the purpose? There's no purpose Christ has these jobs not just to say, hey, here's a neat thing. I'm a, I'm a descendant of David, and so I'm going to be called the branch or whatever. That's not the purpose. The purpose is to, to have some meaningful connection to people. And Christ as a branch has a meaningful thing uh, for us. Well, we have to accept our connection. Uh, Hebrews chapter 2 Verse 14 through 18 says, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and the deliverer of all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it's not the angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham, and therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make a propitiation for the sins or a replacement for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. And so so in here we see a couple of things that, that are important for us to have this connection. The first uh, that we're going to look at in accepting This connection is, we see David's frailty. The story of David, is interesting, why be called the branch of David? A a branch is going to come out of the stump of, of Jesse or David. It's all a reference to David. Why David? Of all the people, why David? The story of David is a story of weakness. From the very beginning. We meet David, and he is not even considered worthy to be brought in when Samuel comes and, uh, and is looking for Jesse's sons to, to pick a king. He's an afterthought. He goes through all the sons that he might think would, would make it, and finally, they have, oh yeah, we got the one guy out there with the sheep. Bring in this little shorty. Right? Oh yeah, this is the one. It's a human, it's the way we, we perceive things, but there's this human frailty that, that something didn't click in their mind that, that David would actually be uh, someone to qualify. We see a little bit later, uh, when, uh, when they go to fight, the, the brothers go off to war, and, and we see David, David gets this noble task of bringing bread and cheese to his brothers and then we see how how despised he is by them you, go back you're just trying to spy on us or see what's going on and we see again the, the weakness and the triumph uh, of David as, as he's actually the one that God uses to give great victory we see uh, him almost assassinated on numerous attempts having to run from his life and then becoming king. We see, even later in his life, we see David, a, a man who, who had been considered great for his conquest, now despised and, and in his place his own son, is the popular person in town. And how he's running again for his life in the same places where he hid out from, from Saul, he's now hiding from, from Absalom. Absalom. And again, to come back triumphant once again. And of course, the ultimate weakness that when you, when you think of David, you can't separate yourself, the sin with Bathsheba, where he himself becomes a murderer. Ultimate weakness. And, and David is, is this picture of, of, of weakness but triumph. And Christ says, I am a branch from this guy. I mean, of all the people to pick in the Old Testament, he says, I'm a branch from this guy. Well, why not a branch from Abraham? I mean, Abraham is a noble guy. I mean, he had his weaknesses, but nothing like, nothing like David. We, we, maybe Abraham. Or, or some of the other... I mean, why David? Because of this passage, because of this passage in Hebrews, he had to be made with weakness. That's the reminder. He's a branch from David. Understand... The difference being he, he didn't have the failures David had, but he had all of the weakness that David had as a human being. And similarly so, it's a picture of Christ's humanity. As we say, he didn't succumb to his frailties. But God gives us repeated reminders through his title's not just of His greatness, like talking about Him as a king and as a, as a creator and all these things, but, but He gives us repeated reminders of His lowliness. We, we don't like to think about that. Christ's lowliness. That's, that's not when we're talking about God and anything related to God. We don't want to talk about lowliness and, and, and lack of anything. We want to think of Christ as, as everything great and all the great descriptions all the superlatives. But you can't read about Christ without, re- without reading about His weaknesses and His lack. We see Him wrestle with not even wanting to do what He came here to do. In that very real <coughs> struggle. We, we read in, in Philippians chapter 2 uh, about Him giving up heaven and taking on The form of a human being and submitting himself to death. We can't imagine death is a part of life for us. So we don't think about not having death as a as a future inevitability. But Christ had to take on a form where death actually happened. That was not something that was in his future while he was in heaven. He had to consciously choose to take a life that results in death. A physical form. And not just any old death. Not just peacefully slipping away in his sleep. After a brief illness. But to take upon himself a a, a crucifixion, a, a form of death reserved for... The worst offenders in society. We see his humanity and we're reminded of his humanity. And so, as we look at what that means for us, it means be fruit. We we'll go back to Isaiah 4 2. He says, In that day the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land shall be the pride and honor of the survivors of Israel. Be fruit. That is the purpose of a branch. There's a story that Jesus told, and I'm going to take it a little bit out of, uh, of its context, but, but it proves a point, or illustrates, I should say, it illustrates a point uh, that I want to bring out here with fruit. And it's a story uh, right before, it's the last week, and Jesus is going back and forth between Bethany and Jerusalem. And, and this occurs... This is in Mark 11 he says on the following day when they came from Bethany he was hungry and seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf he went to see if he could find anything on it and when he came to it he found nothing but leaves for it was not the season for figs and he said to it may no one ever eat fruit from you again and his disciples heard this No, oh, I ever think that's unfair and ever think that was unfair to this poor tree how can you exp- there's no figs supposed to be on it and you expected there to be figs, and you cursed the tree. And uh, so, so I was reading a couple of things on this, and that's actually a, a misunderstanding because of the way we read this and the way it looks, at least in English. Uh, there should have been figs on it. They shouldn't have been wrecked. Uh, actually, fig trees in, in Palestine for most of the year have, in some, they'll have repetitive um, uh, bearing the, the, more than this, uh, a season and, and they'll have unripe figs on it but this one had nothing on it it wasn't the time to harvest they didn't harvest until after the Passover and here we are prior to the Passover he at least expected something on it he was willing to eat unripe fruit but this one showed all the signs of having life but not actually doing anything productive That's an interesting thing. We can have signs of life and yet produce nothing. That is the purpose of the branch. Now, certainly we don't want to take this out of context and say that well, Christ isn't doing His job since He's the branch and we're not doing fruits. It's His fault. But I want to take just the kind of an element of this and, and illustrate that the branches are there to produce fruit. Christ came to do all this to produce fruit. He didn't come here for for us to simply <clears throat> sing songs or preach sermons. That's not what his intent was. I mean those things are a part of it. Christ came for us to produce fruit. That's what the relationship with Christ requires. That's why Christ presents himself to us as a branch. (coughs) What kind of fruit? Let me take another scripture out of context while we're doing that. And that's in James, chapter 3, verse 12. He says, My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives, or a vine produce figs? So also no fountain can yield forth both salt water and fresh and the illustration here is that by nature a fruit comes from whatever genetically is connected on that tree if the tree says I'm an apple tree you are going to get apples whatever it is that's what you're getting so by Connection. We've said all these things about Christ, and the wonderful things about Christ, and how how Christ came to be this branch, but he's he's a branch, but he's not like David. He has the weakness of David, but not the sins of David, (coughs) not the bad decisions of David, but all the frailties, yes. And we say that about Christ, but if if we're connected to that, Then, what kind of fruit am I? If I'm a kind of fruit that, that is producing the wrong thing, I need to look at and re examine my connection with the branch. Something doesn't seem to be right. If I'm not producing what Christ is, genetically I should match. That connection, shouldn't I? And so that's where we're going to leave you with just a couple of couple of thoughts as we close. First of all, am I connected to Christ? Do I have fruit? Am I connected? Have I made the decision? To be connected to Christ. To to have that relationship. That is a decision that we make. It's, It's not something forced upon me. It's something that each of our lives we come to a rational decision. Everyone's heard about Christ in this world just about. It is not a secret. And so when you come in contact with that information, everyone has made a decision either to accept it or reject it. Am I connected? That's the first question. If you want to learn more about being connected, if the thought has started to come into your mind about being connected, or it's interesting, then... There are people here, lots of people here, who can talk about that. But there's another question: What are the results of my connection? How good of a connection do I got? For those who have made that decision, there's still a question: There's still something to examine my fruit. Am I producing something, and am I producing something good? Or is the fruit kind of sick? Does it need to be... Does the, the tree need to, to have some rehab? Right? Needs some, some <coughs> attention to that connection. Because in time, we all have periods where we're more connected and less connected. Right? Things come up in life. They do. And if we're not deliberately maintaining that connection to Christ... Then it gets sick. We get sick. This is the picture of Christ as the branch. So I'd leave you with these two challenges as we close.